And this is our intro. Welcome to the Bush League bullpen. The very, the very first, the one and only. You can clearly tell that we are absolutely prepared, and it is going to go great. Yes. <laughs> so, um, here to talk about baseball, all things baseball, nothing but baseball, except for baseball-related things that aren't fully baseball. And to jo- joining us, the, the the two people who are here is me and Derek. <laughs> Thank you, me, also known as Eli. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much how it's gonna go. Um, you'll get to you'll get to meet and learn who I is for a long for hopefully um, as long as we're like bored enough to do this. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, it'll be a long time because I enjoy talking baseball. And as if anyone knows us, knows we have a lot of opinions about baseball. <laughs> Yes, and not only that, but we have so much that every time we get together and talk, it's 90% baseball. Yes. Even so, when I talk with other people, it's just 90% baseball. Oh, yeah. No, people hate me because I just, I'm like, oh, there's this one time in baseball, and then they're just like, oh, cool, so this guy's insane. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess, I don't know, a little bit about, like, who we are. Um, I personally... If you want to know, like, favorite team or whatever, I go, I root for the Cardinals. I live in, like, around Chicago, though, so it's hard not to be obsessed with the Cubs and White Sox. But I played all the way through high school until I tore my shoulder, and then now I'm here. So that's great. Um, I guess, like, third base, first base, I was a better pitcher than any of those. But, yeah, that's where I come from. Derek, what about you? Where do you come from? I come from, I'm also from Illinois. That's how I know Eli. Uh, we went to high school together. I was not fortunate enough to be play high, to play uh, high school baseball. I got the golden sombrero in high school. So it's cut four times. So there's that. Thanks, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, so, I, I, I have my opinions, but I don't necessarily want to want to shit on him too bad because like he's a good dude at least, but like. <laughs> maybe, he, maybe, he's, maybe he'll listen, so we don't want to. Exile of fan. Yeah, maybe but, uh, maybe, uh, maybe maybe we'll uh, bleep that out in um yeah <laughs> in post production. Uh, <laughs> uh, huge huge pirates fan. So we got that NL Central rivalry well represented here between me and Eli. Wow. And I disagree with Eli. It's very easy to ignore the Cubs and White Sox while living in Illinois. Uh, I prefer to do it. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm going to college out in Pittsburgh. So if it seems weird the the audio it's because me and Eli are actually doing this in a social distance way about 500 miles apart so wear your masks and social distance like us yeah COVID what are you gonna do what you're gonna do or what you should do is wear your mask and stop complaining because we're as the horrible saying is we're all in this together and if one person tries to be stupid and kill people then people gonna die so let's avoid that I want to go to baseball games people wear your mask yeah that yeah honestly that's the thing. That's what this is all about. It's all about stopping the pandemic so we can go to freaking baseball games. That's priority one now. Priority one, hundred percent. All right, let's let's dive into this. So, Eli, I think I think we should start with the what I think is the division that had the most news so far this offseason, and that is the NL East. Yeah, the incredible NL East, which just two years ago had the best team in baseball, if you go by that being a World Series championship in the freaking Nationals. Yeah. Which is just the most interesting team to me to talk about. So, on that note, we're going to not talk about them. Yes. <laughs> we'll come to we'll, back. We'll, we'll come save back the Nationals. We're going we're gonna to format this kind of like a, like a, like a 
an essay for school, how they used to teach us, you know, they were like, keep your most interesting stuff in the middle. Cause that's when people start to get bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could, you could tell Eli's dad is an English teacher. <laughs> and we don't want to, we don't want to give him too much information on who we are. <laughs> um, all right. All right. So, um, I guess we'll start with uh, the New York Mets, who are rapidly becoming one of my favorite teams to follow. For most people, it's fun to follow because they used to be a garbage fire. But hopefully yes. that, that age of New York Metness is over with new ownership. I will say, though, it will never go away until they move. And I'm not saying move out of New York. City Field is just a very subpar field in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that's yeah i, I kind of see that i mean but i like them being in queens i like i like the idea of like every team to play in new york has had its own borough you know the dodgers had brooklyn the yanks have bronx the giants played in uh i always forget the borough they, they played in like manhattan actually i believe yeah, uh, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask about that i know the name of the stadium i cannot remember where in new york they played though <laughs> yeah they played the Bullgrounds, but i mean i'm pretty sure it was manhattan i've googled this like 100 times because i keep being like man wouldn't it be crazy if they never left and you had four teams in the different boroughs of new york well you want to make it 101 times and google it again <laughs> yeah <we're good. laughs> whatever um very professional people as you can tell well while you're googling i'll just say i went to new york for the, pretty much the first time um a year and a half ago two years ago saw the Mets play the Braves I want to say it was yeah because it was the one year that Kevin Gaussman was with the Braves because he was the starting pitcher wow I have a weird brain and um I gotta say there was nothing around the stadium and like it looks like Grand Central Station when you're inside which is kind of weird because as big as Grand Central is the field or like the stadium is tiny and cramped and like it looks cool except for that when you walk around it really does give you the New York super populated vibe <laughs> And then when you walk outside, there's like a muffler shop and an empty parking lot. And it's boring. That's weird. Yeah, Upper Manhattan is where the Polo Grounds used to be. It was correct. All right. Just, well. just rolled my gut. Anyway, now that we've got that all that all taken care of, where are we at? <laughs> so new owners, Steve Cohen, he seems like he's, he's like, he's real eager to bring back glory of the Mets. And I wonder if he'll, that would be evident in some big free agent like splashes. I know he said, I'm not in this to be mediocre. It's a direct quote I pulled from the internet earlier today. Um, so, but then the big thing happens shortly after them by him buying the team is Robinson Cano got suspended for the entire year for his second violation of uh, MOB's drug use or, performance enhancing drug policy i don't know you like what is i mean like cano he played in 150 games the last two years he's uh, 107 games in 2019 so one a full season only played in 49 games last year technically not a full season with the shortened 60 um in 2019 was technically his worst of his career he batted 256 in terms of average i mean that's still great for you know but like what do you think this cano suspension means Okay, well, I know you share my opinion with this, but as of right now, if anybody's listening to this, they do not understand what, where we come from, so I'll just lay it out there early. If you are cheating in the game of baseball, steroids or otherwise, you're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> my, 
I mean, it's almost the same reason why I'm annoyed with people who still, like, hang around with, like, like, okay, it's weird to say, but I'm almost not a fan of the DH because it gives teams a reason to pay the Nelson Cruises and the Albert Pujolses, which I, I, I will say, as a Cardinal fan, I do love Albert Pujols, even though he's on the Angels, that backstabber. But <laughs> the problem is you now have these guys who are in the minor leagues and like we're expanding the minor leagues like incredibly like he, it was just announced that there's going to be another like class a i know it was a prospects league that's what it was so we have all of these prospects who have a chance at making like making the majors they work their asses off and they're fantastic they have fantastic talent and they lose their spots to guys like this to like 40 year old guys who play dh or robinson canoes or yeah. Alec Rodriguez's, or Barry Bonds's, or Roger Clemens's, and it's just, it's frustrating, because, like, why, like, okay, you're making millions and millions of dollars, like, what is, I'm looking at, what was, what was Robinson's Cano, what was Robinson Cano's salary, or whatever, it was, like, 24 million dollars, something like that, so, like, it's gotta be something like that, let me look it up, like, you're making 24 million dollars, and that's just with his few years with the Mets, and remember, this guy is a World Series champion with the, with the Yankees, after that, he got this massive contract in Seattle. So, like, why do you need to cheat to like to like keep your career going? If you are if you are going down, you might as well just like like David Ortiz did, even though he was a cheater as well. But he's still not cheating. Put up the greatest retiring season in baseball history. Like, just go down naturally, and if you go out great, you go out great. If you don't, you don't. But you're just ruining your own reputation, and you're ruining it for other guys. It's just frustrating to see. So he would have made twenty-four million if it had been a full year, but with the adjusted, he made about seven point five million, and uh, he was in line to make twenty, around a little over twenty million this year. Um, yeah, before like, the suspension. Um, obviously, he will make that full amount now this year, but. But still, like, this guy's making that kind of money for, what is it? What has yeah. he been playing? Like, fi- damn near 15 years of his entire He's life? He's been playing for quite some time, yeah. Like, $7 million is more than some people will see in their entire lives, and it's still going to, like, they those people can still live, like, a decent life. So just sit on your stacks of cash, shut up, and it, stop doing steroids. <laughs> you question their, like, their love for the game. Like, are you really, you're, we're, you're, we're risking the integrity of the game to improve yourself, and then... No, a couple like there's been guys that got caught and they lied to the fans about it and then they got caught a second time. So it's like it's like can you really like say that your reasoning behind it was was wasn't anything but um, selfish? You know, selfish. And I really think I think this will ruin his Hall of Fame chances unless Bonds gets in. If Bonds, I mean, if Bonds gets in the Hall of Fame, I think a lot's to be said about you know Canseco's going to want another shot. You know, McGuire's going to have Sosa's going to have. But hey, if you give Canseco another shot, he might remove another finger. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, um, nah, I just I can't stand the thought of Barry Bonds potentially getting in. Like yeah, the thing about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, like the because those are like two of the bigger names when it comes to steroids. These guys were Hall of Famers before they took steroids, yeah. which is un, it's it's pretty much undeniable. I mean, Clemens for sure, Barry Bonds. Some people may be able to argue that he wasn't. I think like, he would have gotten to three thousand hits, probably. Yeah, I mean, he was, was on pace too. Yeah. Pirate with the, with the stats he had for the Pirates, and that's if he wasn't cheating with the Pirates. Like we don't know when he started using them. Yeah, the and I'm mean, like, these the steroid guys, like, yeah, like the age old thing about steroids that people try to say is like, well, steroids can't make you hit the baseball. 
like you still have to like be good have good hand-eye coordination it's like yeah but the thing is sometimes people hit the baseball it goes in the air and it goes right to a guy but when you oh, take yeah steroids, when you take steroids you can still hit the ball and it just goes a little bit further past those guys yeah <laughs> so like, like your mind people uh Willie Stargell's like average home run distance was like uh, our average average fly ball distance was like 400 feet or like 400 feet or something and if you actually looked at it like he he actually is, is like his average out was farther than most stadiums are distance today yeah but think about it, if you want to go like that route how many more home runs would Willie Stargell have had if he had played in this era or with these sides of stadiums mm-hmm. like so I don't I don't like that argument of just like oh well, they still would have made the hall of fame without the stair like I don't I think I think as soon as they get caught that all goes out the window. You all that—that's all you know now is, you know. But this is this is point, and I think we should say this for a, a later podcast more on the uh, on these like potential you know Hall of Fame steroid users, guys who got caught once early in their career never got caught again. Like where do they stand? But yeah, there's like, a little like teaser for, for the yeah David Ortiz. Yeah, this is a big one. There's a teaser for the future if anyone really likes this. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm this podcast. I'm- David Ortiz is probably the one player that I'm most conflicted with in baseball. <laughs> yes, yes, I am 100% there. But the problem with David Ortiz is that he is not in the NL East, so he is yes. not going to be a subject of conversation anymore. So so the biggest thing with the Cano suspension, other than his own ruining his Hall of Fame chances, possibly, uh, who's going to take over at second base, Eli? I mean, like... Jeff McNeil. Don't... Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Jeff, like, <laughs> Jeff McNeil, the outfield, they got... Mets have for a while had some pretty good outfielders, Brandon Nimmo, Conforto. Like they have a good mix of of outfielders. I don't see why not try to give him like let him at least win the job out of spring training. I mean, Jeff McNeil was a second baseman too coming up, or was he third? He was a third baseman. I think he was third baseman because he does play third every once in a while in the majors. I mean, I mean, they had Robinson Cano at third base a couple times last year too. So like, I mean, I don't like. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's a hole there because you have JD Davis, but. Yeah. Jeff McNeil is really just kind of a utility guy, but I see him way more as a second, like flourishing way more as a second baseman. And I mean, I feel like you just got to try it. I mean, he's, it's not like you're losing anything by putting him at second base and putting him in the lineup in general. He's got the best contact bat in the league other than Luis Arias, but. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree with that. And so I know the Mets depth chart behind Cano, and I mean, this is always too, I mean, adjusted to once the season starts coming up. They had Luis Guillermo, or Guillermo. Uh, he was, like, pretty much the guy who was right under Cano, and I think that was mainly because McNeil was bumping around the outfield pretty much all season. And I so I really feel like maybe it's McNeil's job to lose, unless the Mets want to go out there and pro show everyone that they're the team, that the New York team, and they want to steal DJ LeMahieu which, Ooh. I mean, that would be a huge move for the New York Mets. If they still, yeah. if if DJ Mayhew went from New York, from, from New York to New York, Met Yankees to Mets. Just across I, the subway. What? Is that just across the subway, subway series? Just across style. the subway. I think that would be a huge, I mean, he'd pretty much burn every, every he'd may upset every New York fan in the entire which country. Is- which is the thing, because I have the places that I want DJ Mayhew to go to or where I think he would fit in. But the thing is, if the Mets sign him, he w- it will piss off Yankee fans, and that's all I live for. I mean, but I think they're, they're <laughs> going to be pissed off anyway because if he doesn't re-sign with them, they're going to be like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, but, but like, it's, it's, even, it's even worse when he – like, imagine if Boston picked him up. Like, that would be the ultimate dick bunch. Like, I'd just be <laughs> – But Boston is Michael Chavis. But we'll get to that. We'll get to Boston. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, not in NL East. So. No. <laughs> so, you know, the big thing is I think the appealing part 
from New York for day for DJ LeMay. He was he would be a second baseman again. There's no way he would play over Alonzo. No, at first the only base. way that that would happen is if they had Alonzo goes down. universal DH. But that is yeah. not a thing anymore, apparently. Now, I mean, now the you know they're telling the owners to proceed as if there won't be a universal DH. So we're going to assume there won't be one. I mean, no. other I mean, other free agents if they want to spend the money like Colton Wong is a good left-handed bat. I will forever defend Colton Wong. I really enjoy watching him play. He has one of the absolute best gloves on the infield that you can watch. That's and true. and I he think... is insanely clutch when I want him to not be clutch, and I hate that. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many times I was like, crap, Colton Wong's up, and then like Colton Wong did a three-run shot. I was like, well, yep. that sucks. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what his batting average is. If you put him in a high-leverage situation and say turn it loose, mm-hmm. he will do exactly that. Ice in his veins and a warm bat. That's all that matters. Absolutely. Well, I mean, only... there's also, I know you could reunite with, I mean, and another option, the Mets could reunite with Joe Panic, who they had on the team, I want to say last year. I think he was Did on they? the Blue Jays in 2020. I thought he was on the Mets in 2019. Uh, I don't remember that. I remember Neil Walker being on the, being on them for a little bit. Yeah, that's another guy I think they could reunite with, Neil Walker, a good utility guy. I am pretty certain Joe Panic. I don't remember him being on there. Played for the New York Mets. And I, see, I personally don't think that yes, second he base. Did. Hmm. He played wow. for the New York Mets in 2019. He got dropped. He got dropped from San Francisco, and the New York Mets claimed him. How many, how many games did he play for him though? What? How many games did he play for him though? Played 39 games. 103 at uh, 103 plate appearances. Hit 277. I mean, it's, it was one of his better stints in the major since 2017. Hmm. He must have really liked the park. Yeah, I mean, I, I, plus two, like, you know, the hitting coach. And it, it all depends, like, the hitting coach, the Mets. So I don't think – I don't know if – I don't believe they have signed a new hitting coach yet. And speaking um, of hitting coaches, I mean, I know, like you said, that they need to sign a new one. I personally don't think that second base is their biggest issue because, like we said, we, they have McNeil and they have um, – Yeah. Um, how do you say – you said Guillermo, but that does not – I believe work. it is Guillermo. It's an, well. It's just kind of weird because there's no O after the M. So like, man. But I think that's how it's the, like it's pronounced. If Word I'm saying this wrong, I 100 percent apologize to Louise. Uh, <laughs> I'm painfully American, so like I have no it, opinion. 100 percent. I'm, I'm there. I know this is a podcast. You can't see our 100 percent American faces. I I took some semesters of German, so you know, yeah, I, I, Aaron Altair. I got that pronunciation down. <laughs> Max Kepler. Only yeah. real. But um, anyway, back to my point. Just I don't think that second base is the biggest issue because if you put Jeff McNeil out there, I mean, like I said, you have one of the best contact bats in baseball. And and, and you don't have to worry about fitting him into the lineup anymore. And you, you may see improvement yeah. in the power with him being able to, you know, regularly play at one position. You know, yeah. you don't have to worry about where am I playing? What glove do I need today? And the power may find itself. Um, but also we have – they have depth behind him too because even if Jeff McNeil doesn't play – uh, second base, like we said, we have Luis, who's up, who's up there behind him. We have Andres Jimenez, which I know that these guys are um, like prospects and they have yet to fully prove themselves. But I mean, why not? Just go yeah. for it. I mean, I mean, I will always use this example, mostly because it'll make you mad. But the 2016 Chicago Cubs, <laughs> one of the youngest all-around teams to win a World Series. And they did it by just throwing prospects out there like Javi Baez like the year before and saying, eh, screw it, see what they can do. 
I mean, you could bring up an NL East. This is the theme of the, the the show today. An NL East example. I mean, Ian Anderson. Look what he did in the in the off. Exactly. He got a shot in the postseason. I mean, prospects. I mean, the national. Yeah, shot, yeah, shot postseason, and he shot his shots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Soto. Look what he did against. I mean, and then there's something to be said. These top prospects, they're top prospects for a reason. And yeah. so you, know, you don't want to rush him. You don't want to rush him. You don't want all of a sudden to, to be that. You know, turns around. And you did what the Royals did to Kyle Finnegan, who was a top prospect left-hander. Pulled him up too early because they needed it from the playoff push, and they just never really gave him a chance to settle in, and he kind of never got a chance. He's real good, real good, you know. So, I mean, there's you don't want to rush him, but at a certain point, it's the major leagues. You sink or swim for a lot of times for a lot of guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, just why not? I mean, especially when you have a lineup like the Mets, like they don't really lack hitting all that much. I mean, sure, there's some places where consistency is left to be desired, but, I mean, <laughs> look at the entire MLB in 2020. That's just yeah. the theme. So you can't really fault the Mets for that. I mean, Michael Conforto, you put him up there against a right-handed a right-handed hand, uh, pitcher, and he's just going to put the ball in the upper tank every single time. Lefties, yeah. not so much, but he'll still spray hits everywhere. Yeah, I, I expect him uh, to just go off. Yeah. He, he's, he's a definitely guy I don't think he's seen the best from Michael Conforto yet. So, I, and I agree with you. I don't think second base is the biggest problem. I honestly think the Mets might need more pitching. I mean, I think that's the thing that could be said for every team. I agree. I do. Pitching is the oh, the main and most important thing. It is a rare supply, and when you find good pitching, or these guys that work, you need to hold on to it. They made a dent into getting a better bullpen. They went and signed Trevor May to a two-year, $15 million deal. Underappreciated. He is. I mean, the stats don't necessarily agree with that, but he is a guy with great stuff. He is a great personality. Mm -hmm. funny. Let's get him on the show sometime. Trevor May, if you're listening. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, if he's listening to the first episode of this Rinky Dink podcast. I don't know, maybe... Maybe high. I mean, hey, his his YouTube channel only has thirty five thousand subscribers. That's not much by today's standards. So why not? <laughs> yeah, maybe he maybe he's searching out up and coming podcasts. Yeah, um, I mean, I know yeah. it's kind of weird to plug other people's channels, but if, but go watch Trevor May on Twitch. Go watch him on YouTube. He's hilarious. He's a lot of yes. fun. And I mean, like, I think too, like you said, he's got great stuff. But and the stats don't really go with how good he is but i mean i think that's just because of where he's played the last couple of years i mean plus, I don't, and plus I, his job i mean he's a relief pitcher so like these yeah. guys come in they go up against until last year like one or two guys and if stuff doesn't work out they get pulled very quickly and, and i mean they don't have a huge sample size you get and for a lot of relievers like unless you're like a huge huge reliever prospect your first couple of shots in the majors are going to be mop up or, you know, like bad situations. You're not intended to win. Yeah. You're coming into games where I know this is an extreme example, but you're coming into games where you could be down by about 10 runs. There's the bases juiced and guys at the plate are just feeding off each other and they just keep knocking you around. Like it's just going to happen. Any bad day then for, for relievers, it appears it's more evident than any because they get less opportunities to pitch. So I definitely think he'll have success in, in, in New York. And I mean, they also, I mean, their bullpen, isn't bad. I mean, they got Diaz and Familia there off and on. If they could just get consistency with them, add in Batances and um, now May, you know, and there's a couple other bullpen pieces there that I think, you know, can work. And if they really need to, I, I don't agree with this. They could always move Lugo back to the bullpen. I think he deserves to be a starter. I think he should I think be he a deserves, starter. I think he deserves the shot. I mean, I haven't watched enough of him as a starting pitcher, so I can't really say, but off of a gut feeling, I 
think right now, I don't think he'll be as effective as a starter as he was as a reliever. Or reliever, yeah. yes. But, I mean, to be fair, he put up ridiculous numbers as a reliever, so it's hard to be yeah. that good. I mean, I mean, he could, he could be a Wade Davis. You know, he was he was okay as a starter pitcher, and it's just he just enjoys better to just come in and just fire strikes at high velocity for a short amount of time, and then some people like the high leverage situa- situations. I know I did. Yeah, I knew. Well, I knew a lot of people who did as well. Granted, so my my opinion on high leverage situations doesn't really mean much when you don't play past high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're like the discount Rose and Millar. Absolutely. You know what? I'll take it, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I know a lot of people. So, I definitely think pitching is the big thing. So, the question is, where's the money going to come for the pitching? I know a lot of people want the Mets to go after JT Romuto. I don't think they should. And I have heard rumors that the Mets don't think they should either. I've heard the Reds are going after James McCann. I mean, what do you think of this? The White Sox? I know. I remember. I was, about the- I, one of the big ones that I heard was the Cardinals, actually. Yeah, because they don't have Yadier Molina right now, and they don't seem to be in all that big a hurry to re-sign him. Which, sure, he's 38 years old. Yeah, I say, should they, like, should they be? And he's had um, a lot of injuries in the last couple of years, especially thanks to Jordan Hicks and his 105-mile-an-hour sinker going into his testicles. Um, so that's not fun, but <laughs> they need a guy. But again, NL Central, this is the NLE show right now. Yes. But I will agree with you. I think that this is a bad time to go with Real Muto because it just kind of makes sense. You don't have a very firm, confident lineup yet, and especially especially with your pitchers. So why would you go after somebody in a position who, like the, with the position, there's a lot of competition because of how few great catchers there are in baseball. Yes, and I mean, if Real Muto is pretty much going to get to name its price, I wouldn't be surprised if Real Muto nails down a, like, a, you know, a deal that's equally getting him between like around $15 million a year. He is that good. And he's definitely, there's going to be teams that are going to want to pay up for him. And I just yeah. don't think the Mets want to put that money there. I think they're better off to either look in house for a catcher, you know, bring up the guy who was their, their triple A catcher. I know right now they have uh, uh, Thomas uh, Nito. Tomas, Tomas. Tomas, yes, Tomas. Remember, I, remember not, the, not the American way. <laughs> no, yes, Tomas. I even have written Tomas. I don't know why I read it wrong. Uh, <laughs> and they have uh, Ali Sanchez as well. Like that. So, like, they might be able to swing out with just those two guys and just accept that offensive production from the catcher is going to be limited. But, you know, catcher has always been more of a defensive position anyway. I mean, like, Nito, Nito didn't really put up all that bad numbers last no, year. No, if, if I remember, he, he did – he, he has flashes of, I mean, you never know. I mean, it could be one of those guys. He gets a shot. He doesn't miss it. I mean. Yeah. But again, I just think that catcher is such a complex, complicated, like, role. And there's so few great, absolute yeah. great catchers out there that make that big of an impact to be a real key. Like, if you're a team that has everything up and down, like, let's say you're the Yankees or the Dodgers or the or the Rays. Like, you guys are teams who are pretty stacked. I know people are going to be like, the Rays, how the hell are they stacked? Yeah, yeah, but, the Rays, yeah. I mean, it's the World Series, so you can shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, teams that have all these guys, big names, and they're stacked up and down, but they're just missing that one thing, usually that thing's a catcher. I mean, I know the I know the Yankees for sure are missing a catcher right now. But again, and yes. at least today, so. We'll get, we'll get to that soon. Yes. Um, we'll get to my absolute hatred for the Yankees later. 
But I mean, even too, like, you know, I have, I'm a huge fan of it. Like Kevin Smith, uh, backup, like the third string catcher for the Rays, actually used to play for Pitt. My alum, uh, he's actually still in college, so he's technically not alum yet. Boo. But anyway, Boo. get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. Uh, but anyway, so, I mean, well, you never know. Like, a guy like that, you know, give him a shot. I mean, the Mets used to have success out with uh, Leonardo behind the plate. Sometimes you just got to sign a guy and... Wait, the... hold on. Pronounce that again. Leonardo? Darno? Oh, it is Darno. I say it wrong. <laughs> I say it wrong, yes. Thank you. Homie, why? <laughs> or no. I knew it was. I think I've been corrected on this about a hundred, about fifty times. So I just, I'm, I've just never heard anybody pronounce it that way. And I absolutely, yeah, no, no. it makes me so happy. Uh, no, so I am <laughs> so sorry to those brothers. Uh, anyway, but no, I mean, like, I feel more bad for Chase because, like, as soon as Travis left New York, everybody forgot about Chase. Yeah, <laughs> Chase. Um, we love you, man, and we'd love to have you. Um, yeah. come come out here, defend, <laughs> like, defend, defend your name, and shit on your brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like how we're just trying to request people to come on our show, and this is the first one. <laughs> yeah, and I was, the, and I was the one who initially said and said not to do it, and yet here yeah. I am. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely think, like, you know, go out and spend the money on another starter. I mean, you're without Cindergard this year until at least halfway through the season, and even then, you may not get full Cindergard. And again, um, like Lugo, we're not sure how he's going to perform under the full stress yeah. of a, you are a starting pitcher role. Stroman could be the guy he was back with Toronto. He had success with the Mets the last couple of years. Like, let's see, like he was trending back towards Stroman levels of Stroman. But he's even he's risk passes off and on. I mean, as much as I would I like, I like Steven Matz, and I would love to see him succeed. But here's a guy I've totally forgot about, though, that um the Mets had last year uh is he a, is Michael Waka a free agent I believe he is huh well then never mind <laughs> yeah, I, I was, yeah I did see him on his death chart unless he is injured but I am fairly confident that Michael Waka is a free agent all right I'm on this right now baseball reference the absolute glorious godly website of all things baseball you yes. shall now have your time to shine Except for the fact that my laptop doesn't like me. Michael Waka. Waka Waka. Nearly a World Series champion, his rookie season. If anybody, if any of my Cardinal fans out there remember that, that was a fantastic, fantastic run, even though it was horrible for at, at the end. Nearly is the key word there. Yeah, so <laughs> shut up. And yes, he is a free agent. That's for sure. We don't like to we don't like to talk about the Red Sox. Um, just kidding. Um, we love to talk about the Red Sox. The Red Sox will be a topic of conversation very soon. Yes, I have lots of points about the Red Sox, as my girlfriend is a huge Red Sox fan. Boo! Uh, I don't know why I said that. I have nothing against the Red Sox. Maybe it's just against your happiness. It might be a two. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I really think a big thing would be to go out and get a starter that really you can rely on more consistently with, or at least, tr at least try to, like, match DeGrom's level of consistency. You know, Bauer is yeah. obviously the guy. I mean, he had success in Cincinnati, and that's a hitter's ballpark. And so I think he'll have a lot more success in – and, like, I think he have equal levels of success in, in the, with the Mets. I mean, Oda Rizzi, I know the Mets, are, or the Mets have looked into getting Oda Rizzi. I've heard rumors that they're going after Oda Rizzi. I mean, even a guy I'll throw out there, again, stealing from New York, go out and get James Paxton. And like, let people know that you're in this. And James Paxton, I think, is often an underrated left-handed starter. Um, yeah, I – 
I do appreciate good old James Paxton. I mean, the bald eagle landing on his shoulder and the no-hitter, I was actually very disappointed when I heard he was going to the Yankees. I think he's an underappreciated lefty. Yeah, and he's had, he's had stints with injuries. Or if that was J-Hap, I don't know. I get him and J-Hap stats confused all the time. That's uh, because they're basically the same person. Yes. Have you ever seen <laughs> him in the room at the same time? I don't think so. Ever seen him on the mound at the same time? That's my... That's how yeah. I'm proving that they're the, the same person. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> until until James Paxton, Paxton and Jay Hav are on the mound at the same time, you cannot prove to me they're not the same person. <laughs> um, but definitely, I mean, I think to finish up the Mets, as we've been talking for them for a bit, just kind of give up on Real Muto. Like, you don't yeah. spend the money there. Go out and get pitching. Definitely starting pitching. Maybe a guy who could step into that closer role, role if Diaz, Familia, or May don't work out. I know they have uh, Patances, but I don't know if I try. Like I don't know if you want him as closer either. You know, personally, the only guy out of them that I trust in the bullpen, and this is going to be weird, is Trevor May because Familia and has been not anywhere near what he was in their 2015-2014 seasons. No, Edwin Diaz. I, I I don't have anything against him as a human being, but he had one absolutely phenomenal season in Seattle, peppered in with a couple other decent seasons here and there. And his first year with the Mets was one of the worst, most shaky reliever seasons that I had ever seen. And I just, I'm not saying give up on him. I would never say that. No, and, don't and you, never, so much you never know too. Like that could always been like a, Oh, like the bullpen guy, or whoever the bullpen coach was, or the pitching coach that could have been in, and one of the main, like they try to do something, like we'll make you better, and they should have touched something, and, and yeah. that could also come down to ownership, like new ownership, hopefully a new path for the New York Mets. They're no longer, hopefully, no longer going to be this, you know, garbage dumpster team, dumpster fire team. <laughs> um, looking forward to the future of the New York Mets as yep. we move on to what I think is the now favorite of the National League East. Uh, the Atlanta Braves. Yep. Eli, do you agree with me? Are they the favorite to win the division? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't see anything going wrong with the Braves. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe I'll stop myself there. I don't see anything going catastrophically wrong with the Braves, which is yeah. honestly the only way that I see them losing this division. I don't think yeah. the other teams are strong enough. Um, over a full season. Over, Yeah, absolutely. And signing Charlie Morton, too, who is – arguably the biggest clutch starting pitcher in baseball in the last few years. I mean, elimination games, there's no one else I want other than Charlie Morton. And I've been yeah, saying this is... for years because, I mean, former Pirate, I got to represent. I always said Charlie Morton had ground chuck for a reason. Can't go I wrong was... with ground chuck. I just want to let everyone who's listening know how hard I rolled my eyes as soon as he brought up the fact that he was a former Pirate. <laughs> got to represent. <laughs> Gotta represent. Yeah, I mean, you uh, don't really have to, but I mean, you do it anyway. <laughs> the Cardinals like four times, so hey, I br I bring them up, but I don't like uh, whatever. It's not even worth it. We argue, we bicker about this like an old married couple all the time off the air, anyway. So and, and another another point too is uh, the Braves signed Drew Smiley, a kind of an underrated signing, uh, one no. year, eleven million dollar no. deal. No, you know you don't like that. I don't. I really don't. And you may call it underrated, but I call it Edwin Encarnacion, and which is a very weird thing to say. <laughs> so let me explain. The White Sox signed, what is he, 36 year old, years old? About, he can't yeah. play, 
He can't play defense, and his hitting has lacked everything except for power. Well, I mean, even that's kind of gone down. And that they signed him to a one-year, $12 million deal when they could have put that towards anything else. Yeah. <laughs> they could have put that towards at least one more guy in the bullpen because they really – they were so – there were huge question marks put up in their bullpen. Or they could have gone after another starting pitcher because, I mean – they got Dallas Keuchel, and they had Lucas Giolito, and then behind them they had who? The thing is, like, the Braves, they don't necessarily have these shortcomings in their pitching staff no. where Drew Smiley would be needed. I think that, honestly, the the eggs should be placed in the basket of their younger pitchers. Ian I Anderson. mean, I always wonder if Drew Smiley was, they want a veteran to match with the fact that they have three very young starters in Soroka, Fried, and Anderson. You um, just signed Morton. There's your veteran. <laughs> well, I think well, Smiley was signed first. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know think he, Morton might have been the, the long shot thing, but like Morton, this is a homecoming for him. He started with the Braves. Uh, but I mean, you never know. They could be moving Smiley to the bullpen and do what Pittsburgh did with uh, Dutch Oven, uh, Derek Holland, where they had him start a couple games or leave a couple games. That's his nickname. I don't know why that was what I first remembered. Well, um, if his teammates came up with that nickname, then I don't even want to know the story because I think I already do know it, and I pity those teammates. He's probably great <laughs> at cooking with Dutch ovens. I know chicken parmesan and Dutch oven was one of my favorite recipes. Uh, yes, that's totally what I meant. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, the only other things I, I mean, I think one of the big things the Braves do need is they need outfielders. They let uh, mm-hmm. uh, Duval, wasn't it? Duval, Duval go recently. Duval. He's a free agent. Um, I, Austin Riley is pretty much, I think, locked in at third base. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, I know that they just spend a lot of money to re-sign Johan Camargo, but... I mean, he's a good you know, utility guy. He's a, he's a good utility guy, but they don't I, they don't use him enough. Like, no, it, it, they don't use him enough to merit what was it a twelve million dollar contract? I feel like sometimes these teams just kind of throw out money just to keep the name. Which yeah, because fan like, favorites. Yeah, you know, really. you're mean, gonna make the money back in a in a jersey deals anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. But so I mean, I mean, like bullpen and outfield, you know, real things. I think the Braves need. I mean, think I think it'd be big if the Braves went out and got someone with speed. Um, oh, yeah. Adam Eaton, did you steal from a division rival, take Adam Eaton from the Nationals, veteran outfielder to match with um, Acuna and uh, Inciarte. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good right fielder. He's proven that. And honestly, yeah. I would – I'd argue and say Adam Eaton's never had a bad year in baseball. Like, he no. may have had down seasons compared to how he's played, but – I, I personally think that he might be one of the most consistent players in baseball. I just, yeah. I, don't know. I like the dude. Yeah. And if you want to make a big, big splash in terms of um, getting, going out and getting a left fielder, you can go out and get Jock Peterson from the Dodgers. I mean, he's a free agent. The Dodgers had shown interest in trying to trade him when they, they did trade him for like, <laughs> what was, was it, like, like 10 hours? An hour, an hour he was traded to the Angels and then the, that other deal went through. And then the Dodgers were like, ah, never mind. We're not trading Peterson. <laughs> That was um, that was one of the weirdest days of phone watching that I've ever had. Because I'm just yeah. like, oh, Peters is in. Oh wait, and Gratterall, and wait, and Betts, and wait, wait, no, none of them. <laughs> none of it happened, but then all of them got traded except for Peterson. Yeah, it all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the Angels were just like, never mind, we don't want anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like power hitting left fielder. If you're the National League and you expect the DH to become a thing in 2022, 
possibly getting Peterson and like having him hold off, you know, have one year in the outfield and then you're preparing a prospect to be ultra ready in by 2022 and Peterson takes over DH and now you have a good young prospect in left field. That's mm-hmm. something to consider. Um, the question other- is though, are we still going to be putting faith in Nick Marcakis? Because you've been talking about left field, but not too much about right. Well, that's an interesting thing because Nick Marcakis wasn't listed on the Braves depth chart. Mm. And I believe that's because isn't he a free agent as well? He must be, and he's old as shit, so I don't really see him going anywhere that desperately needs somebody. Yes, Nick Markakis is a free agent at 37 years old. If Nick Markakis re-signs with the Braves, it's going to be as a bench option. If he, I think if you sign oh, no, anybody. I know, exactly, I know exactly where he's going. I know exactly where. Where is he going? Colorado. You think he's going to go to Colorado? I have, I have many, I've, and I'm only saying this, like, this is a well-thought-out this is a well thought out argument that I've developed in the last 15 seconds. So (laughs) (laughs) Nick Marcakis is going to the Rockies because the Rockies are not going anywhere near the top of the NL West for the next 10 years. And he is a veteran dude. And like we have on this list, Pilar is also a free agent, right? And he just left Colorado and they don't really have too much, so why not just throw him out in Colorado? He can hit really well there. He can pretend he has his speed back and hit some triples when he smashes something in the in the alley because that is just the triple-friendly park. Yes. I, I mean, I think it would be a good move for him because you can get paid a couple million dollars, have some good contending games, even though the rest of your team is not all that great ex- except for the right side or the left side of the infield. And just have some fun hitting around in Colorado in the best hitters park in baseball. Just screw it. And like, yeah. what what's what do the Rockies have to lose by signing him? Yeah, you get to you get to brag about a big name. Yeah. Um, Ooh, we got Nick Markakis' day. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I think Nick Markakis' days as the Atlanta Braves are over. The only other thing I can see where Nick Markakis go is he goes back to play one more year with Baltimore as a yeah. you know retirement tour, a veteran guy. But I mean, when we talked about Baltimore, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily out on Baltimore. I think they might have a few surprises in them. I hope they do because I'm tired of yawning every time I hear somebody talk about Baltimore. <laughs> My jaw can only take so much. <laughs> yes, uh, but I mean, like finish up with the Braves. They got Christian, uh, or Kristen, or Christ, yeah, Christian Pache. Christian Pache, yeah, Pache, yeah, and Drew Waters. I mean, those are dump, number one, number two prospects according to MLB.com. Um, I I really am excited for Christian Pache because just that just that series against the Dodgers when um what what was it was it Duval went down right yeah Duval went down yeah Duval went down and Pache stepped up and like you people may argue about like oh like he didn't even hit like two fifty or whatever but like yeah but he also hit a he also hit a home run and hit in the two hundreds against arguably the best pitching staff in baseball in the postseason. So yeah, shut your damn mouth. Christian Pache is going to be a stud. And I am excited to see it. Plus, he's coming up with a guy uh, in that roster, it, like uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., who has just endless amounts of swagger and can back it up and is not an a-hole about it. Carlos <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> And um, <laughs> he, it's, it's a guy that he can easily bond with. And I mean, like, yeah, 
and and like who like are you gonna complain about getting a little advice here and there from ronald acuna jr because if you do then you're a moron <laughs> i mean and, i mean like, really this young core of, of atlanta braves like you know, they got the reigning mvp freddie freeman but then even look at it like they got Al Albies, they got Swanson, they got Riley, they got Acuna, mm -hmm. like Pache. Well, in this Waters is the number two prospect, my overall prospect. Like, this is a huge young core. And that's yeah. not even talking about the young pitching they have. The Blenna Braves. Oh, my God. You know, injury forbidden, are very well going to be the team. Like, this is, we're, we're seeing 1990s level of Blenna Braves again. Like, that's what I'm calling. You Oof, know. Damn, that's saucy, bro. Mike Sirocco. Mike Sirocco was one of the most fun pitchers to watch uh, last year. I like 2019 last year. I don't count yeah. 2020 as a year in general. So, <laughs> uh, but he was so much fun to watch when he went down with the Achilles. I nearly cried. And uh, same with but, Max Fried too. Like what a it's such a like Max Fried was what like seven and zero or something with the Braves and then got hurt. Like yeah. he was Max Fried is probably the most underrated pitcher on that pitching staff and that's crazy because the dude is nasty he's he's i mean i'm sorry i just can't get past the fact that you called him fried even though his name's free i know it's spelled fried but oh, it is i don't think i've actually ever heard it pronounced you it's always dreaded watch any of, did you watch any of the playoffs man are you even a fan no i don't cable. You? I can't watch playoff games i'm watching replays on my phone moron anyway <laughs> 2020 was rough 2020 was 20 rough Oh, it's still, hey, it's not over yet, and uh, we'll get to why 2020 just got a little bit rougher with uh, our next team. But um, we yes, still. But have before we get to that, one last question. finish up, Braves. Yes, yeah, should the Braves splurge on JT Real Muto? Absolutely not. No, you don't think they? I think they should. And no I, you want me to say why I think they should? Dude. No, no, not at all. Okay, I understand that JT Real Muto is the best catcher in baseball. No doubt about that. I won't argue. He is. But Travis Darno has become a stud in Atlanta. He is not the best catcher in baseball. He's probably top five, definitely top 10, but he is an absolute stud out there right now. And who's to say that this relationship that Darno has with these guys when they're in the rotation, especially the young guys, like who's to say that that's not going to be a like monumental factor in their success. There's so many pitchers out there who they just have their catcher. And if you take that away, they become something terrible. I mean, Zach Grinke, when he was with Arizona, I know that people tend to forget he was with Arizona because Arizona didn't go anywhere, but he was shocker. He had Jeff Mathis and who is literally the worst hitting catcher in baseball. <laughs> But he has said, he, I can't remember his exact words in an interview, but he said that Jeff Mathis can call a game like no other catcher he's ever had, and he just had to have Mathis behind the plate every time. Seems like that's, that's Kyle Higashioka for Garrett Cole, and who's to say that's not Darno with these young guys on the Braves? And I do not want to mess with that mojo. That's, that's a very fair point. And, I mean, the only reason I would say go out and get Ramoto is you have these young guys and you have a, a great catcher like Ramuto, who you'd hope would shape and mold them into fantastic starters. But you never, you never know. Like Ramuto may not be that kind of guy that you want shaping and molding pitchers. It may be Darnold is uh, the guy you want shaping and molding pitchers. Mm -hmm. I I don't see like if you want to go out and you want to get a backup cat like. That's the thing. Darno is a starting catcher. He's not a split-time catcher like what the White Sox tried to do with Grandal and McCann. He is a idea. starting catcher. So if you yeah. want to get somebody, if you want to get another catcher on that team, it has to be a backup catcher. You can't go out and get a JT Wimuto because if you try to split time with 
Darno and Real Muto, they're bound to get at each other. Like whether or not they're like whether or not they, that there actually would be bad blood between them, but just one of them is gonna want to start more than the other, and there's going to be a valid reason for one of them to want to start more than the other. But yes. they both deserve to start always. All right. Well, Travis Darno, you have our AOK. We want you as a starter. You have you have the stamp of approval from the Bush League bullpen. We yes. need all oh, we need to get somebody to, on this. I, I need to call somebody and make this a thing. I we need like a little graphic. Stamp of approval graphic. Yeah, even though it's a podcast. Oh. I just need it for my I need it for myself. Hey, who knows? Merch. Yes. Bush we're already looking at merch options. Episode one, we're already looking at merch options. We have high hopes, people. High hopes. Yeah, we have high hopes because then when it cra- when we crash and burn, it's even more spectacular. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. So I think I think we're good on the Braves. I think we move on to our next NLEs team, the Philadelphia Phillies. And I know Eli wanted to say a few things before we really got into the current Phillies. Yep. I think he wanted to say a little nice words about a wanna, former Philly that we lost. I want to go year. back. Yes, I want to go back to the 1960s and 1970s because. Um, as of today, what is it, uh, December seventh? Yes, probably. we heard that 2020 was a dick bag once again, and took a man named Dick Allen, who many people may not know of, um, but you definitely, definitely should. He was, if I can pull up the stats, because my just ruined my computer. There we go. Seven-time All Star. 1964 Rookie of the Year and 1972 MVP with the Chicago White Sox, sporting a sporting a career 1,848 career hits, which by what I can tell from his stat line is the only reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame because this man led the league in home runs twice, including a season where he somehow didn't lead the league with 40, hit 30 home runs at least what looks like almost 10 times in his career, maybe eight. I don't know. I don't want to do quick math right off the bat. A 292 career hitter, 912 career OPS, which is better than most starting players in today's game will ever get in their career. So not not only this, but this dude had some pretty decent wheels going along with it with 133 career stolen bases. I just, this is a guy too where, like when I'm growing up, like growing up with my dad, huge baseball fan, grew up like damn near walking distance from the White Sox. So in the seventies, he'd always head out, he'd check out White Sox games, he'd go to a bunch of Cub games. And every time I go to a baseball game with him in Chicago, we always stop by everything that has anything to do with Dick Allen and I get a little history lesson and it's hard not to appreciate this guy. So I just want to say Fuck you, 2020. You took another one. And rest in peace, Dick Allen. Yes, we uh it's always sad to hear a great legend die. Yeah, absolutely. And um yeah. it's especially sad when people kind of tend to forget a few of them. So let's not forget Dick Allen and not forget how great of a career he had. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good a lot of good ones in, in baseball that often don't get their time in the sun. Yeah. Um but anyway. Let's uh later on. <laughs> yeah. So I think the biggest thing with the Phillies, they should give up on Real Muto. I know this is this has kind of been the NL East uh, why you shouldn't sign Real Muto show, but uh <laughs> might as well give that the title. Yeah. Um I mean they got they got Nap. Uh he is a decent catcher. He's not he bad. I just the thing with the Phillies is it's kind of what I said with the Mets before. Like, 
they have such a good team right now, but they have some places that need to be worked out. And that the catcher, with how sporadic it is, like for like performance wise across the whole league, catcher is always the last piece that you should be looking at because who knows where you can get production from. And with the Phillies, there's just way too much to fix yeah, first. And it's such pretty bad. much all in the bullpen and starting pitching. I oh, mean, yeah. and, I mean, but. Two years ago when they got Real Muto and Segura and I was like, oh, okay, they got Real Muto and Segura. There's the there's the offense. They should they should stop and spend the rest of this money on on bullpen pieces. And they didn't. They went out and got Harper. And their strategy was we're gonna score 10 and hope the other team doesn't score eleven. And it didn't work. The problem is they could score 10, but the but the bullpen would give up 15. <laughs> yes, they uh, too much faith in a bad bullpen. Yep. So I mean, but I think if you really, really want to go out and get a catcher. There are veterans that I think you can get great production from and would have great success in Philadelphia. Mike mm -hmm. Zuino, we saw him in the postseason with the Rays. I think he's a very under-the-radar catcher. I liked yeah. him back with Seattle. I will, Fendi I will. Leon has great Same offensive thing, potential. Um, Tony Wolters had the big hit against Chicago in the wild-card game, the third-string catcher for Colorado. Okay, okay. hold middle. on. Hold on. Before we say anything more – Big hit against the Cubs in the wild card game. It's not hard to get a big hit against the Cubs in any game after 2017, dude. Okay, but that was that was just a great moment for me to just watch that ball slip up the middle and Colorado take the lead and Chicago lose two home games in a row and get knocked out of the postseason. Oh no, don't don't get me wrong. Like it, it was funny to watch because like from from a standpoint of somebody who grew up around Cub fans, but like you got to admit the Cubs are just looking sickly the last couple of years. But again, especially in the bullpen right. but we'll no, get to that nano central show will be i can't wait for next. that show it's yes. oh that's gonna be my favorite <laughs> i will i will try my best to control eli everyone um and plus too, why not like, let, you me, always... let me go <laughs> yes <laughs> no no definitely not uh <laughs> and even too we are you know rafael uh, marsh i think it's marchan marshan I'm going to go with Marshawn. Um, I know it may not be pronounced that way, but it reminds me of Marshawn Lynch, who is my absolute favorite human being in the entire world. So, um. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's their, he was their number seven prospect. He made his debut in this weird, you know, all-hands-on-deck 2020 situation. I think he had, like, eight at-bats or something like that. And right now he's listed as their number two guy on the death chart, um, according to MLB.com. Uh, so, I mean, you never know. Like That depth chart is kind of – distorted I mean, because of 2020 i mean i'm sure i'm sure a lot of it's gonna get yeah, fixed like, after the winter meetings yeah um, a lot of hammering that needs to be done with all these lineups yes uh so you never know i mean keep him on as the backup and just let nap keep the job until he gives you reason to replace him but still um, like catcher it's just such a touchy spot for every yeah. team i just i don't i don't see this being an issue that's resolved for a few years no, I mean, and the same thing you can say with with the Braves. I think you could say with the Phillies. They have a good young core that mm -hmm. if you really put the time to develop, the Phillies could be annoying for a couple of years. I mean, just you got Hoskins over at first base. I think is a huge power guy. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely make the transition to DH once that gets implemented, actually implemented. <laughs> yeah, and you have Kingery. You know, I think is an underrated utility guy. I think he's going to be pretty much their starting second guy. You have Segura. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, Segura, I think, is one of the greatest hitters in the game right now. And he just – the reason he doesn't get love is because, you know he, – He's he just, just he, on he, the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, he's on the – he's a shortstop for the Phillies. And you, we, he got bumped – he got moved around between second and short a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. main name he is – He even played Seattle. third for a little bit before Bone came up. 
Yeah, and I think I think that I'm glad you brought him up last. I think that is the big thing. The Philly, the Phillies are going to win the division this year. They need a big season from Bomb. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, I might be saying this because he was on my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> I won, by the way. I don't know if anyone knows this. Uh, it took up. me a while to bring it up. Nobody cares. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually impressed that you've held off this long. Yeah, I mean, first year I actually won the champion, the fantasy baseball championship, and I was like. Yeah, and um, who who won the uh, inaugural season? By the way, um, who was that? Um, oh wait, was he the one? Oh, no, I yeah, thought, he I thought won the inaugural season. Was he won the second year. <laughs> oh shit! Damn it, my bragging rights are gone. <laughs> I was like, Tyler won it. He went undefeated too. <laughs> I thought that was the year after. Damn it! No, you won this. You won the year after. You're not. You can't even brag because you uh, like. You're not even the guy who won back to back. Like. <laughs> I don't even care. I still won, and that gives me some rain. It gave me rain over you until this year. So you yeah, know now I finally won my own league. So anyway, <laughs> Bob. I mean, he had a great season. He had 160 at bats in his shortened season. He got caught up, I think, a little bit towards the middle. Yeah. 338 average, four home runs. I mean, I'm excited to see. And he is a backup first baseman. Is exactly what you're saying. Hoskins moves up, moves to the DH, and there you go. You have Bomb ready to take over at first base if yeah. you don't have anyone else to replace him or don't want to spend the money to replace a first baseman. I will say though, I think it's I think right now with no I think he will benefit from the from the from no universal DH right now because I mean, if they move bomb if they move you're almost making me say bomb now because it's, oh, it's bomb, bomb Derek. It's it bomb. bomb. Damn it. I'm bad at pronouncing names. I've noticed. <laughs> If if Hoskins goes to DH and then they do put Bohm over at third, they don't really have a decent third baseman behind them unless there's some prospect that I haven't paid attention to because I don't pay attention to prospects because I'm that kind of baseball fan. Even, <laughs> but like, you'd be taking a, you'd be taking him away. Super young. I know he has experience at first base, but you're bringing him up. He's a natural third baseman, and this is where he's been kind of been groomed to play. Like, why not just keep him there for as long as possible? So, like, yeah. no universal DH is really going to help him. And I personally think one of the only reasons why he didn't win Rookie of the Year this year is because of how late he was called up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Devin Williams, absolutely oh, yeah. freaking phenomenal season. And we will talk yeah. about it a lot more um, in the Central show. But I, I will say, as nasty as he was, he went up against the Cubs. The Reds, the Tigers, the okay, I can't really say the Indians, but the Pirates. Like he went up against a couple teams who had just some very pitiful offenses. But again, we will save that for later. Um, yes, nothing. Two. Not taking away anything from Devin Williams or Trevor Bauer or Shane Bieber from from what they've done this season, what from the awards they won. But there is a reason. <laughs> but yeah, so I think the big money that needs to be spent. I, you gotta, you gotta spend on a starter. I, like I know, they're real high on Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, and I think Nola's they're understandable. Wheeler, you can make the claims for. I know the Mets are not making that. The Mets had him, didn't mm -hmm. want to trade. They stole him from the Mets, and then the Phillies even made the claim they wouldn't trade him for Ruth, which I was like, that's a claim. That's that, a that's a get people talking about claim. Uh, that's a, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> like when like when Adam Ottavino said like oh yeah I could strike out Babe Ruth and everyone was like talking about it and then he signed with the Yankees and immediately was like well maybe not strike him out but like <laughs> at least get him to swing and miss once and I was like that was like interesting. <laughs> the, the things that the Yankees make their players do and say man. It's <laughs> yes. Uh, guess, money will make. You... 
as, as like maybe maybe he's trading maybe he's like the claim of trading Zach Wheeler for Babe Ruth is a bit of a stretch, but in MLB the Show, he is one of the dirtiest pitchers that you can have, and, and it doesn't make sense. But again, that game is also broken and thinks Kyle Schwarber is a gold tier defender, so uh, maybe let's not give him too much credit yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like, I think Zach Wheeler is a great pitcher. I mean, I got some reservations about Zach Eflin and Vince Velasquez. I don't – I haven't seen anything from them the last couple of years that have really made me be like, those are a good – a solid three and four. Zach Eflin you know? had, like, those two weeks, um, like, two or three years ago, or not two weeks, like, maybe, like, a month where he was just freaking untouchable. And then yeah. after that, he just kind of became your regular run-of-the-mill Phillies pitcher. <laughs> yeah. And I know – the Phillies have a couple prospects they could always rely on if they really want to. I know Spencer Howard's their number one overall prospect. He is a le- he is a right-handed pitcher. Um, yeah, right-handed pitcher. Uh, came up last year. He was I think they used him in the he made a couple spot starts, mm-hmm. like like I think three or four. But to me, and they also have a, a, a uh, I want to say it's a Donis Medina. Adonis Medina. Yeah, yeah they I- number five overall prospect. Also expected yeah. to come up soon. Those are in-house options they could do. You know, roll with one of those guys. You and know, I will say, um, I I I think I would uh, look in. I mean, this is again like somebody who doesn't pay attention to prospects all that much. But I watched, um, I believe it was Medina's first or last start. I don't know. They were both very close to each other. <laughs> um, it was against the Blue Jays. I want to say. That guy, he lasted, I think, maybe four innings, but had some absolutely filthy stuff. Like, yeah. I I don't know much about the other guys that they have in their system because, again, I'm that kind of guy with prospects, but I would be looking into him hard. I would be, I would be working on him a lot right now because that guy has some disgusting, disgusting stuff, and I would love to see him succeed. The only reason I could see them not going with him, if, like, like you know, is if they're just afraid – It'd be too soon. Maybe they want to try to spread it, like get a little more length out of him in the minors. You know, yeah. maybe work on one more like secondary, like f- refine one more secondary pitch. But mm-hmm. he could definitely be. He's probably if if Howard and Medina don't start on the active opening day roster, I think they're the first ones called up if injury Absolutely. or you Absolutely. know necessity demands it. But in terms of free agents that I think would work well with the Phillies. You know, you go out and get a veteran like Brick Porcella. You could go out and get Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Like, those mm-hmm. are big names I think would get attention. Uh, Qu- uh, uh, Quintana. Wait, wait, hold on. What did you just – tension? Get attention from, like – Get attention. I thought, you see, for some reason, I thought you were mispronouncing Taiwan Walker's name and because just because you have this history of terrible pronunciation and I was no, about – No, I'm not that. I'm not that. I said I'm, I rushed the word intention. <laughs> This is no, this attention. is why we attention. This is why we need COVID to end soon because this this Zoom thing this this just ain't gonna work for the whole time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you go out and get uh, like Quintana. He no. kind of okay with the Cubs. He needs flashes. Yeah. If you're, I mean, hey, everyone's got like the, if, uh, if your pitching coach says he can fix him, that's kicking it. So teams listen to those. I mean, I think Pirates did it for problem. years going out and getting guys that were you know over the hill and making them solid options again. I think the biggest problem, though, for Quintana is 
he's coming off of a season where he barely pitched due to injury and the games that he did pitch, he got very, very limited time on the mound. So that's true. You're going to be, he's got to go to, I feel like he's got to go to a team who is like pretty solid at the core, but could use just a random fifth guy to just kind of make, to make them a full rotation. I mean, the only reason why I think really like you, like uh, Quintana, like, he, he's interesting because it's like you could sign him cheaper than he's worth because mm-hmm. he's coming off injury and you can make, you know, you're, you know, that whole like, oh, we don't like, you know, you, you got to prove again. And then you give him like a one year deal for a chance for him to prove he's the guy again, you know. Um, yeah. And I hope he becomes that guy again. I always liked him. I, yeah, I just hope he doesn't do it for the Cubs. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the Cubs are entering a rebuild mode soon here. So I don't think they're going to waste too much time with them but again nl central episode man yes. we're, we got we got we're hyping this one up yeah really, really. <laughs> we better not we better not ruin it it better not suck <laughs> yes if you really liked this first episode let's hope the second episode is not disappointing yes. uh and I, I know you brought up taiwan walker because you thought i mispronounced it but that's also a guy like a little bit of an underrated free agent i think this year um that's yeah. a guy i think that you know you could get a good five-year deal for good value out of him, and he's not going to underperform. I think yeah. he is, you know. I think the biggest problem that he had was he was on underperforming teams. Arizona, yeah. And Seattle, even. And Seattle, yeah. I forgot he played for Seattle. Yeah, that's where I he mean, started. He did he like, well with the Blue Jays, but. Yeah, he finished, with the, he finished with the Blue Jays, and he finished strong with the Blue Jays. I was watching I watched a few games. He, like, I mean, he sported that very good AL record, or uh, ERA, you know, like. 340-ish, which yeah. in, the NL, in the NL for some reason seems weak. I mean, I know that we have the pitcher thing, but for some reason those NL and AL ERAs, they still hold up of like 340 is pretty pretty solid for an AL pitcher. <laughs> yeah. So the only other place I think the Phillies really need to spend money other than starting pitching is bullpen. I don't trust Hector yeah. Neris as a, as a closer. I know yeah. they really like him in Philly. In terms of like management, I don't know. About, I don't know about fans. Uh, I don't know. I just he had like one very very solid appearance. Well, not one appearance, but you know, he had one very solid outing. Or wow, I keep <laughs> he had a solid season. Like a couple months of there where he was like one of the best in in baseball. But I don't know. It's relief pitchers are just an anomaly, man. Because. One year they're going to be absolutely freaking filthy, unhittable, dominant. And then they yeah. change teams, and then they become one of the worst pitchers you'll ever see. Or sometimes new pitching coach, or they just get a bunch of new people around them, and they do the same thing. It's yeah, just- I mean, it, there's so many things that, that can affect a pitcher, and I think that's why the bullpen guys are such a hard risk to jump on these bigger deals for them, and so. You know, because you never know what tomorrow holds for, and then you get so limited appearances. You know, exactly. you want to go in all in and say, okay, look, the Phillies are going to sign like Kyle Hendricks, and that's the final piece. Or, yeah, no, not Kyle Hendricks. Liam Hendricks. Liam like, Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is kind of locked up for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and not even, not even a closer. Went for the wrong Hendricks. Liam <laughs> Hendricks. You know, they go out and get Liam no, They're, they're going to go out and they're going to sign Jimmy Hendricks next. <laughs> yes. He's gonna just play guitar riffs on the mound, and the batters are gonna be so unawed that they're just gonna dude. It's play. more, it's more fire than a Jordan Hicks fastball. I'll tell you that though. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so like I definitely think they need to go out and get a closer, and there are some 
decent options on the market. You got a hundred miles per hour Ken Giles. Uh, as his nickname is like everyone called him Hundred Miles Giles. Uh, when I would watch Blue Jays games, that always bring nickname. that up. And I was like, what a weird, awkward, flowy nickname. <laughs> Shitty clunky nickname. I don't like it. Uh, you got a Ozuna. You know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, definitely need a new closer, in my opinion, in Philadelphia. I don't. I think. You could still try. You could still. You could start the season with Naris, but I think by the end of the year, if Philadelphia doesn't have a new closer, it's because yeah. they aren't in the postseason contention. I personally think that the whole bullpen itself is more of a dumpster fire than the entire Mets team has been in the last few years. So I just think that, like, saying they need a no bullpen, saying they need a new bullpen, goes without saying for sure. But like, I don't even know if it's worth talking about, honestly, because. Every single piece of that bullpen needs to be replaced, so <laughs> I don't even I know. I feel like you could find value in a couple of these guys. Yeah, but um, they didn't really show it all that much the last couple that's, of seasons. That's true. I mean, you definitely if you definitely would need to get at least if you if the Phillies are really saying like we're still in this, they need to not spend the money on Real Muto, and they need to go out and get three big bullpen pieces. Yep. I think I think for most teams, if you have three big bullpen pieces, that's all you need. Because like you, you know, your starters get you to the six, and that's seven, eight, nine, and there you go, bullpen. And the other guys get you to the six, get you to the seventh. Like that's what the other bullpen guys become. Well, I mean, and then we've seen this Kansas City. That's what Kansas City was. Yeah, you know, through the three, if you have a three-headed monster in the bullpen, yeah, that's what that's go. what got the Indians to the World Series in 2016 too. I mean. Those it's guys. what a lot of teams rely on. Yeah, it is, and it's it's never underappreciated. It's it's incredible what what just three guys can do. Yeah, I think of, the I think the only team I can think of that real in recent years that didn't rely on a three headed monster out of the bullpen was the Nationals because they had a three headed starting pitching rotation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that was exactly what I was going to say. I wanted to make that transition in the Nationals three headed monster, but here we go three headed monster from the other side of pitching. Yes, the Nationals. I didn't even notice that was a segue. I'm so good at this. Look at that. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. See, wow, how how professional. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, um, so, Nationals, um, welcome to what I think is the most disappointing team in baseball. And yell at me if you think I'm wrong, but um, you will only be yelling at two middle fingers while I rock out with my headphones on because <laughs> – this team went from being my favorite National League team, well, in the postseason, um, knocking out the Dodgers on a just absolute resistance of a grand slam from Howie Kendrick. Just, mm, I loved it. Oh, especially when you have like a friend who's a Dodger fan and you can just like text him and rub it in their face and just laugh at him for like weeks. Oh, it made me feel so good. Whew, I'm still riding that high. <laughs> <laughs> but then they go out. And they <laughs> they become the physical embodiment of a baseball team like that is 2020. Just dumpster fire, crap, only one bright spot, and that would be, of course, the man himself, Juan Soto. Or child, depending on how old you are, because this I'm just about as old as this guy. It's crazy. Yeah, he is slightly younger than me, and he is much, much better than I could ever it hope really, or imagine a dream of being. Uh, it really makes you feel bad when you used to play the same sport as this dude. He's your age, and you're seeing him hit tanks opposite field. Uh, Oppo shots off like Garrett team. Cole's fastball, just like it's nothing. Meanwhile, you're sitting there with a pizza and a beer in your hand, just like, I used to be that. 
I can't even claim that. I wasn't even close to that. I've never hit off. I hit one home run in my life. It was a dead pole. <laughs> I hit a, I hit a few. I had, I had a lot of power, except for the problem was my eyes kept kept trailing off the ball. I was a much better pitcher. <laughs> but yeah. This is not the time to reminisce about our old days because nobody ever wants to hear about that. Hey, if you're the yeah. guy at a barbecue who reminisces about how good you were in high school and you're in your 40s, shut up. <laughs> uh. Anyway, the Nationals. Our notes yeah, say yeah. that they need a first baseman, and I couldn't agree more because Ryan Zimmerman is, even though I think a Hall of Famer, about done with his career. Yes, and even they even tried to went out and get a free agent in Eric Thames. And I love Eric Thames. I love his story. I love everything about him. He was great with Milwaukee. He upset a lot of Cubs fans. He didn't do that well last year. And I think, I think again, 2020 messed up a lot of guys. I think there was a lot of guys that struggled because of 2020 preventing them from really getting into the season. I mean, 60 games, that's a slump for some guys. And I mean, that's a bad slump for, but like, you know, 20, you know, you have 20 games, you're cold. That's, that's a quarter of the, that's a third of the season. Yeah. But I wouldn't even contribute Eric Thames's, um, disastrous 2020 to 2020 itself because i mean if you look at that last year in milwaukee you could see that he was on his way out i i like nothing against eric thames i agree with you his story is a lot of fun but i think that he had a great season away he had a great season on his way back like into milwaukee from kbo because he got a fresh look at major league pitching again and people hadn't seen him in a while. I, and sure, maybe stuff got tweaked, but I think the league just caught up to him. And I think the league is going to stay having caught up to him. Um, English is failing me. <laughs> I think I just think he's going to stay at this level for a bit. I don't see him absolutely succeeding like he did that one year anymore. I just I don't see it. I mean, I'd love to see him sign with a team and prove us wrong, but I I uh, I kind oh, of yeah. I think Eric Thames might be. I am always for somebody proving me wrong when I'm trash talking them, except for cheaters. So Robinson Cano, die in a dumpster fire. I don't care. Even if you're a great human being, which I don't really know anything about you as a person, but you're a cheater and it makes me sad. So we've already talked about the Mets, Eli. Yes, but I am a passionate human being. I wrote a college-level paper about why I hate cheaters in baseball. <laughs> That's dedication. I, I mean, did get an A, too, so suck it. I think the Nationals' first base option, it has to be fixed in free agency. Absolutely. Um, unless you really want to play Josh Harrison at first base. He did <laughs> sign a one-year deal with Washington. Uh, he did pretty well with them last year. I mean, the man, the man's got... Not, no, no, no. I'm not laughing at Josh Harrison. I'm not laughing at Josh Harrison. I'm laughing at Josh Harrison at first base. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crazier things have happened, though. What, right. what, if Bartolo Colon played shortstop? He says he wants to come back to the majors. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the key. I want him to come back for one year, sign with the Mets, do a victory lap around the, around the United States, and just have it be that, because I... I mainly just want to get another – I want to get a big, sexy shirt. Like, I, I want those to be back in circulation. Yes. <laughs> um, I know they have a guy at AAA, K.J. Harrison. He, he did a pretty good season over the last – in his three years, minor league career. 258, 342, 434 uh, slash line, 35 home runs in his career in the minors. Um, that might be the solution. You know, give him a – like, pull him up if you really don't want to spend the money – or if you feel like you might be entering a rebuilding season soon, 
But I don't. I just don't. I was with the starting pitching that they have. I just don't see how you can ever commit to a rebuild at any moment, as long as you have those three still. Unless you're just gonna say, you know, give them their their plane tickets to new cities, um, which I think they might benefit from doing. I mean, I don't. It's gonna be weird because it's it'll, it'll it's gonna feel like I'm arguing this, but. Like, I don't think that winning one World Series and then calling it quits and then rebuilding is the strategy. But in this new age of baseball that we're in, it seems like that's it because so many guys, so many teams go out and they grab the big names for like one season. They win the series, then they lose those big names. And, and, and you have a couple teams that, that the timing, it works out where they made, they win the World Series and then the couple key guys hit free agency that see offseason and they just don't have the money to resign it or they just don't intend to resign all of them. And that happened to the Royals. They let mm-hmm. Eric Hosmer walk almost immediately after winning the World Series because they just did not have the money. It barely feels like that was 2015. It feels so long ago because that whole team was dismantled so quickly. Like, I keep yeah. forgetting. It seems like an, when I look back and think about who won the World Series over the years, it feels like a jump in eras going from 2015 to 2016. It really does. Yes, I mean, because, I mean, look at that that team. The last one is Salvador Perez. Yeah. Cano, or uh, uh, Kane. Escobar, Moustakis, mm-hmm. Gordon retired, Eric Hosmer is mm-hmm. gone. I mean, even even Ned Yost, the manager and the pitching coach of the time. Hey, but they, they still have Greg Holland. I mean, I know he left for a little bit, but he's back. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's the he's the solver of all the Kansas City's problems. I, I like Greg Holland. But when we get to the when we get to the American League Central, I got a hot take on Kansas City, and you may get mad at me for. Uh, I'm, I get mad at you for a lot of things, so I don't think it's going to be all that hard for you to make me mad again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, going back to the Nationals' first base problem, you know, do they go after one of the Santanas? Carlos and Danny Santana both have experience yeah. playing first base. You Carlos know. Santana needs to be needs to stay in the AL. I really believe that. I don't. I don't think that he's a good defensive player anymore. I think he's he's, he's his fielding days are about done, which. It's going against everything that I said about the DH and about cheaters before, but like he's uh, he if he's if he's if he wants to keep playing, he's got to go back as a DH. That's true, and I I kind of feel the same with Moreland in terms of an option for the Nationals to go out and get a first baseman. I think Moreland would benefit from having the DH to fall back on. I think his defense still it's better than Santana's. That's yeah, his sure. defense is still good enough to play this level, but I think if you if he's all goes to an American League team. He has that secondary option of falling into because mm-hmm. his bat is still one of the, I think one of the above average power bats in in the no, game right now. If you throw a righty out there, it's disgusting to watch his bat work. Yeah, I will. I will immediately veto without you even saying anything. The last guy on this list that you have, which is Charlie Culberson. No, just no. Charlie Culberson is underrated. No, yes. no. great no. utility guy. No, come on, Nationals, prove no. me right. Go out and get Charlie Culberson. He right. played with, great with the Braves. Okay, now we're going to pitching. Um, <laughs> he's he's the same. It's the same thing with Josh Harrison. He's just not a first baseman. Like I know that people he, can make transition, but no, he has experience playing first base in with the Braves. No, no he played I'm games. Just, with the Braves. I'm just no, just no. Okay, fine. No. Going on to pitching. No, they need a number. If anybody four. has a problem, if anybody has a problem with this, I have one thing to say to you. No, 
I hope Charlie Culberson is the only person that watches this show. I hope he has a problem with it. <laughs> if you have to, dude, if Charlie Culberson has a problem with me, that would like pretty much make my life. And I think I could just call it right here and just ride that high until I die. <laughs> right. Well, I always wanted to bring up Charlie Culberson at least one point in the show, and I feel like I, do, the- I, I will say I do enjoy watching Charlie Culberson play. I really do. <laughs> he's just kind um, of he's one of those guys who's fun. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, we want to move. You want to move on to pitching? Fine. We'll move on to pitching. Uh. <laughs> uh. They definitely need number four. The Nationals are going to succeed. They need to go out and get another guy to mm. compete. I mean, because that's the Nationals made it obvious. If they're going to win anything, it's going to be because of their starters. They're not going to rely on bullpen. No, I, I mean that's what I, they did. That's what they did in um, the World Series in that whole playoff run. I mean, they didn't even have they didn't even have a big three. They had Sean Doolittle and. Um, uh, Daniel Hudson, Hudson. Danny Hudson, yeah, Daniel I Hudson. I always forget which Hudson it is because I know not Tim Hudson, the other, <laughs> not Tim Hudson, not Dakota Hudson, uh, not Ernie Hudson, the ghost, not the Hudson River. That would be impressive, but not, not the Hudson, Hudson River. Ooh, man, Hudson River, man. But, uh, uh, but yes, Hudson, who is their list, is their closer currently still because I think real uh, Doolittle is a free agent. He signed, he only signed a one year deal with them last year before 2020, so he's a free agent again. Um, but I feel like the Nationals made it obvious that they are the guys. They're, they're, they're going to be they're the team that's going to rely on the old school. A pitcher gets you to the eighth inning, and then it's from there. I mean, and they got they got three big pitchers in Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg. They do. They they definitely have the pitchers to do it, and I, 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 I do like seeing that mentality come back of having your pitchers go because i'm just i'm so sick of seeing guys get pulled after the fifth inning it's so freaking boring yeah <laughs> so i mean like i feel like you really want to make a splash this offseason it's tanaka or paxton i think or the bauer for sure but mm-hmm. i just don't feel like i feel like the nationals with the struggles they had last year signing bauer is going to feel like an interesting move so I feel like they're going to get more value out of a middle order free agent, which would be Paxton or Walker. It would feel it feels way too of a big way too much of a big step getting somebody like Bauer because yes. you don't you don't have anybody behind him. And I mean, if we learned anything about Trevor Bauer watching him in the postseason, it's that he really likes it when people are behind him helping him win. Yes. Oh wait, we have breaking news. We have breaking news. Unfortunately, it does not apply to our situation today but the white Sox have just added an arm which is the 86 diamond tier rated card and mlb the show of lance lynn ah lance lynn congratulations to the white Sox getting congratulations to the white Sox. congratulations to lance lynn on your new on your new city your new contract your new everything your new life it's about to change because chicago is a whack-ass place yeah um we will dive into that more on the al central show which unfortunately will not be for a while but hopefully by then we will also have more things to talk about because free agency so far has been a little bit boring (laughs) yes i think the winter meeting is going to speed that up a lot but i mean I, i really think you know if you're the nationals you might consider, you know, again, it's the thing. Like, the bullpen struggled. Do you go out and get a new closer despite the fact that the rest of the bullpen is a little shaky? I mean, I think Hudson can hold his own. I think I think Will Harris is a guy that is kind of underappreciated. I know, he, um, like, you may – everybody may hate them, but, I mean, the pitchers of the Astros don't have too much blame to fall to – they shouldn't have too much blame fall on them. I mean, I know he's yeah. still complicit and whatever, but – you're one guy in against an entire team. So, but Will Harris, especially in that postseason run, was disgusting. 
Beautiful. He was he was a lockdown guy, and I mean, of course, it's going to change when you go from the AL West to the NL East. You're changing yes. completely different settings and completely different people. It's, but I mean, and I your think first season with the new team is whack, completely, yeah. utterly strange, completely and bizarre, utterly and... ridiculous. So I, I I feel like people like I feel like you shouldn't. I mean, maybe he should even be their closer. Just like bump him up a little bit, maybe see what he can do, like beyond a 60 game COVID season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think, I think he's a guy that I'm, I'm excited to watch. And even too, if you want to get value out of a, a bullpen guy, a veteran like Mark Melanson, you know, you can get uh, value out of, he did well his last couple of years with the Braves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe he's lost a few stuff, but that, that knuckle curve is still, the, probably the greatest I've seen from a non-Charlie Morton. Uh, yeah, the knuckle curve is just a disgusting pitch in general. If anybody throws a knuckle curve to me, I'm immediately charging the mound. Um, it's just, I hate it so much. Like, if I was a pitch, if I could if I could throw a knuckle curve, trust me, I would be throwing it all day long. It's just that I don't throw it, so until then, I'm going to be mad at people who do. <laughs> yes. But, um, but other than it, well, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I'm just looking at this lineup that we have here because we're so prepared that we have the entire starting lineup like just kind of in front of us to take a look at. But I just, I'm impressed that this team won a World Series. I mean, granted, I know that a lot of people are gone like already from that team. Yeah, <laughs> again, you the, again, bad timing with agency. They finally yeah. win with Rendon and he immediately... Oh, I just, I just want to say to Anthony Rendon specifically... And I guess to most of the people who like love Anthony Rendon, I am so sorry that Cody Bellinger won MVP. Like, yes, he had a great season. Yes, Cody Bellinger is just a dope human being, but Rendon had way better stats in every single category. Yes, I don't understand. The only thing that you can maybe argue is that Bellinger had better defensive WAR or whatever, but Rendon was just well, better. It becomes that age-old debate: is the the most valuable player? Is you are you valuable because of your production? Are you valuable because of the, what you bring to the team? Are you valuable? You know, a guy who was like, can it like a guy on a losing team be the most valuable player of the league because he was the best? Like, it's you know, the whole if you take them away from the team, is the team a lot worse? And you know, I think if you take Anthony Rendon away from the 2019 Nationals, the team doesn't make the playoffs. And there you go. Okay, so maybe, maybe that's a little bit extreme, but they don't win the World Series for sure. And I mean, look at I mean, look at 2020. They lose Rendon, and they are, you know, but they also lost Strasburg, and they lost uh, Anibal Sanchez, who was a huge part in the in their World Series. Well, Strasburg was because of injury. Yeah. They and also lost. lost. They also lost Ryan Zimmerman because he was a smart person and wanted to play it safe. Yes, he sat out. Um, I'm not saying that not saying that everybody who didn't sit out was dumb. Um, but I mean, in his case, he's it older. Is, it is it is understandable why anyone would want to sit out. Absolutely. In the especially especially when you're in the same league that plays the Marlins, who had infinity amount of COVID cases. <laughs> they had a lot of cases. Yes, and but you know what they did have catch a case of this year though was somehow winning, which um, was something that we were not used to seeing for a very long time. And you know oh, what? Yes. You know what? I guess this is our segue. <laughs> um, I, I guess so. I started Carter Keboom. I was going to talk a little about him, but no. Well, to go right into the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about Carter Keboom, he needs to step it up. He didn't have a great season last year, and he was one of the and most. He was the guy that they 
wanted to replace Rendon and he didn't. Yes, and he did not do that. I mean, to no, be fair, no. huge shoes to fill, but I mean, you got to hit better yes. than 202. Anyway, yes. the Miami Marlins. What Can I just say, Miami oh, Marlins are probably now my new favorite NLEs team. Dude, I'm just I, like, what the hell is this team? Like, I'm like, I'm I'm excited to watch. Like, they're not so many former players. NL Central players. It's like, they just like who was good in the NL Central, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah, no, they're and, not. And then, and then and then I know that maybe people didn't like him with the Dodgers, but dude, you got to give some credit, to Don Mattingly here. Like, he's taking nothing. He's taking yeah. what was literally nothing. Like they had the mo- they had what like eighty something roster moves during the season, bringing guys up, cutting guys, signing new guys. Yeah, I mean one at one days. point they had they like Reese Matt Joyce was not playing with anybody, and then all of a sudden he was playing with, you know, the Miami Marlins. Yeah, like I don't know what what is going on in Don Mattingly's the Don Mattingly's brain. But it needs to be studied. It needs to, it, when he dies, that thing needs to be frozen, conserved, study, and just like, oh my lord. And even looking for where like the Marlins were a couple years ago, getting rid of like just completely clearing house and losing Yelich, Ozuna, uh, Stanton, Real Muto. And then the uh, again, this is the, the unfortunate show. natural loss of um, Jose Fernandez. Yes, which who, I think was the big reason why the Marlins really lo- like started to teeter. They lost the, the, the unfortunate thing. You just never anticipate those kind of yeah. act, like tragedies happening, and you can't. And the, you know, completely throws a wrench in you know any potential setup you had. Yeah, and he was he was going to become a multiple Cy Young winner, All Star. He oh. He, no he doubt, stuff, in my he had mind. the stuff to be one of the best pitchers that our generation has ever seen. He was such so fun freaking, to watch. Yeah, freaking unbelievable. You, you want to talk about Ronald Acuna having swagger? He had that swagger on the mound. It was it was incredible, and it, it was a, it was impressive. But the Marlins, the big thing they did, well, got uh, Kim Ng, which I googled how to pronounce that because I didn't want to look embarrassing. The ones yes, I'm glad you did because I didn't, and I totally would have fucked it up. <laughs> yes, as yes, you corrected me on a lot of pronunciations, but I was prepared for this one. <laughs> um, at least, at um, least you got that one. Yes, yeah, at least I got this one. First female GM in any male-dominated sport, um, or yep. male, not male-dominated, um, male professional sport. Yep. First uh, Asian American GM in Major League Baseball history. Just history made. I love to see it. And her she first big move, I liked going out and trading for Anand Simber. I'm all for that. That that's was a good, a that's a good, that's a good move. first move. Good first move. Is, well done, He Kim. was an underrated bullpen piece in Cleveland, and I, I'm surprised Cleveland let him go. But it, I, Cleveland confuses me. But we're going to get to that, <laughs> why Cleveland confuses me. I don't know why they want to trade Lindor. It seems like every year they're trying to trade their biggest player on the team. I mean, but, I, have my own, I have my own thoughts about that. But again, not this, not, this isn't the right episode. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Marlins. Can they upset the division, Eli? Can the Marlins recreate that magic in 2021? I, I do not think that they can upset the division. I think that they could very likely upset the two the two spot though. I like, think, like the wild card or like being like finishing like second in the division. Wild wild card finishing second division, basically the same thing at this point. Yeah, uh, that's true. I think the Mets have too many question marks to be completely solid, but the but <laughs> weirdly enough, the Marlins have so many question marks that it actually kind of plays into their favor. Yes, and a lot of their question marks relate to just an insane amount of prospects that they've been slowly collecting <laughs> and guys that just appeared out of nowhere and were like, oh, they're good. 
it's kind of like the reverse of Baltimore because Baltimore keeps getting these prospects. They keep bringing them up, they tank, and then they're just kind of done with them. The Marlins yeah. keep getting all these prospects and then getting prospects and then getting prospects, and then they just splurge them all onto the field at once and all, and apparently make the make the wild card, beat the Cubs in the first round, and then go on and play the Braves and the DS. It's just yeah. what like where the hell did they come from? <laughs> I'm gonna call. And, all right, I'm just gonna nickname this team Cotton Eye Joe for right now because where did they come from? And hopefully. If they disappear, we can ask where do they go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I think the biggest need for the Marlins, looking at their lineup, would probably be shortstop. Um, yeah, but like, in terms of need, it's, it's such a weird concept because they don't – it's not like they need a new shortstop. Yeah. Need- I mean, you could very well make a great – I mean, Miguel Rojas, I think, definitely has enough to be the everyday shortstop. And even oh, this uh, – and even Jazz uh, Grisholm. Chisholm. I believe it's what? Chisholm. It is Chisholm. Yeah, it's not Grizzlem. Oh, it's Chisholm. <laughs> I, I thought I, 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 I. Every time I look at it, I want to say like Grissom, like for the guy from uh, NCIS Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, no, I just, I think that both of them, like the only, the only thing that they need at shortstop is the solid belief that they have an everyday shortstop they like they need that consistency and i they basically need to pick a guy and say you're the guy and mm-hmm. not address it again i mean and to be fair like i would like to see both of them get playing time because miguel rojas has an incredible bat um but miguel rojas plays multiple positions doesn't he he just takes time at third base and uh, i think he's played so well, he's not he's not playing third base for the marlins no i mean brian <laughs> you know Anderson, who has brian that anderson brian anderson has third base locked up. Like, Ryan Anderson is third base. So the real yes. question is like what like whether or not they're gonna switch time with each other at like second and short. That's the real question, I think. That's I mean, true. I mean, you, you, know, have base, you, have John, you have that John Birdie. Yeah, I know, but Birdie is also an outfielder and he has an incredible amount of speed that does make him a little bit more of an asset, at least I think so in the outfield. But I mean that's always up for debate. That's true. Um, um but I mean definitely the Big thing is the Marlins are going to win it all. It's going to be their young starters. I mean, this is oh, – we talked about the Braves having a great, impressive slot of young starters. The Miami Marlins are right there uh, yeah, in terms and, of And once again, starters. we have the we have the first half of Cotton Eye Joe coming out here because, like, where the hell did these guys come from? <laughs> I mean, you would do arguably one of their best names in baseball, Sixto Sanchez. That's oh, a dude. fun name. It's so – Sixto, and, great. And he has – and he has – the Pedro Martinez like like the stamp of approval like Pedro Martinez I believe the ex- direct quote was he's like a mini me with a better changeup like which is high praise <laughs> like I mean I mean if you you guys have all seen Pedro Martinez changeup right it's disgusting or just him in general just like yes. how did this man how was this man that good especially in an era where like steroids and everything like power hitting was dominating the game but that's a topic for later. But yeah. if he is giving Sixto Sanchez the praise and saying he is just like me, then oh my god. And I mean, hey, he kind of proved it. The only the only thing that you could say is he kind of caved in the postseason, but this but, I mean, playing in the postseason. First year. I mean, I mean like a lot of guys, like it takes a while to develop that. You know, and if you argue and if you argue that he did great against the Cubs, I will and, and that was a postseason game, I will tell you this. He played against the 2020 Cubs. Yeah. One yeah. of the most anemic offenses that you will ever see. Um, but again, Tom, yeah. later to, God, I can't wait for this NL Central show. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 
Other than Sixto Sanchez, they got Pablo Lopez. He did amazing. Sa- Sandy Al- uh, Alcantara. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was the first person I ever pitched a perfect game with in MLB The Show. Again, you're bringing up MLB The Show. Well, I mean, it's my segment at the end of the show, right? We've, we that, agreed on that. That's true. Way to, way to ruin the surprise. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then even too, like, uh, in terms of starting pitcher, like, they have uh, Braxton Garrett, who is like the number seven overall prospect. He is, uh, you know, he's he's close to being. I think he made a couple appearances last year. Um, they have Trevor Rogers, who didn't do bad with the team. I mean, oh. um, I mean, I think, but like, I was gonna say I, one guy I think that they need to get locked down though was Jordan Yamamoto because yes. he had he had such a fantastic promising beginning with the brewers and then just fizzled very fast which is a little disappointing because he's one of those guys who's like i know that you're gonna hate that i use him as the example but he's like kyle Hendricks. he doesn't rely on velocity in his game he relies just on pure stuff and if you watch him he's definitely got the stuff i just i think will he- say this kyle Hendricks is the only cub that i even remotely like because he is a maddox level of pitcher and yes he, he can't is. go wrong with the maddox Yes, um, Greg Maddox is one of like the top three pitchers of why I even played baseball, so I will 100% agree with you. Mariano Rivera was number one, even though I never developed a cutter. <laughs> uh, but I hear here's my big thing I like, I like to throw wrenches into Eli's. Uh, yes, wrench me. Yes, should the Marlins reunite with JG Real Muto? You know what. I wouldn't hate that. I actually wouldn't. I mean, I know that one of the big reasons why JT like probably doesn't want to be on the Phillies and or the Mets is because he doesn't see them as winners quite yet. Like he doesn't think that they can go anywhere. He's kind of he's kind of got like that Nolan Arenado attitude of like I just want to play on a team that wins for once, which makes sense because you know you're you're getting old. You want to win a ring. Yeah, and you're the best player at your position in baseball, so why not? Um, <laughs> but. I mean, if he went to the Marlins, then he could very well do that very he, quickly. And just he very could quickly. very well he could be that piece that changes the Marlins into a uh, genuinely have no idea anything about like would like they could just you know pick a direction and that's the, mm-hmm. the way they go to they're the contender they're at least wild card level team yeah. and you know. And I, I will say, too, like, it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility because, and there's a lot of emotions for me about this one, they went out and just got Starling Marte. Like, yes, like he was he was having a really, like, above-average season with, um, with the Diamondbacks, and he's definitely not really slowing down in his career, even though his yeah. career had the speed bump of PEDs, which I yes, will forever I'm, have I'm interested. Another uh, PED. Uh, person with PEDs in their history. Yep. So, um, like, I'm not too big a fan of him on that note, but I will say that was a good pickup for them, and he did. He is playing well for them. Begrudgingly, I will. I will admit that. So, I mean, it wouldn't be far out of the realm of possibility for for the Marlins to just kind of go out and just grab a dude that just kind of blows your mind. Like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> yeah. Just the just that final. Just like, hey, like this is who we went out and got. Like, and this is this is what we did. Um, I will say, everyone, I hope everyone noticed, Eli Reynolds brought up a Pirates player. <laughs> I bring up Pirates players who no longer play for the Pirates because there's pretty much no Pirate worth talking about who plays currently. <laughs> That's not true anymore because 
Of Cabron Hayes. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> okay, all right. No, no, no. Here we go. I'm going to bring up another Pirates player, and it's because we're talking about the Marlins. Brian Moran and Colin Moran. Yes. But Colin because... Mor- uh, Brian Moran isn't on the Marlins anymore. Oh, he's not? Oh, shit. No, he, well, actually, he actually did get re-signed before 2020. I think last I saw he was on the Blue Jays. Um, oh, that kind of sucks. And, but, I mean, uh, you want to bring up another former Pirate in the outfield, Corey Dickerson. Marlins, oh. like a great defensive I mean, left-handed hitting. To be uh, fair, outfielder. I do think of Corey Dickerson more as a Rocky. I just want to say, I know it's not the right episode for this, but I was watching um, on the Marquee Network a while back because my parents paid for that, and that was just like I was over and just like, oh, you this is what you do in your free time. So <laughs> we were watching some old game from like 2015, 2014, and if you want to talk about outfields that were that never became anything more even though they should have like ozuna yelich and stanton one of the most notable outfields that never was or that like never went anywhere let me let me give you this one dickerson blackman cargo yeah i mean then you can even bring up the pack like Marte mccutcheon polanco was 100 percent. but like that is a, that is an outfield that i always forget about is the colorado rockies especially because yeah. of like you know those it's Colorado, but I mean, those of you guys are like if anybody listening, go look up Dickerson and Blackman and Cargo's stats when they all overlapped and played with each other in Colorado. It's disgusting. It's amazing that that team never really went any further than the wild card, especially considering they had Story and Arenado. Like their offense well, was damn near locked. They kept running into the fact that they were chasing the Dodgers. I mean, yeah, the Dodgers will forever be the Dodgers will forever be a problem for both baseball and my mental health. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of former NL Central guys on the Marlins. I really think the Marlins just went out and were like, who used to play for the NL Central? And they just acquired them. I mean, you got Aguilar, former Brewer. You got uh, uh, Sierra, the former Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Rinson, the former Brewer prospect as well. Yes, a former Brewer as well. And it's just kind of the whole thing of just like, it's like the Marlins were like, just watched a bunch of NL Central games and we're like, we're going to get that guy and that guy and that guy. I mean, Neil Walker played on the Marlins last year. Oh, yeah, he did. Forgot about that. That was former Pirate, Pittsburgh see kid. What, see what I mean? Like, they just makes, they made so many roster moves last year. It's amazing that they got where they were. Like, you can't yeah. even remember half the people who played on the Marlins because they probably aren't even there anymore. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them played, like, two games and then they, the yeah. other guys got activated. So it was, like, two games um, and they left. You know who's a guy I don't see on this list who I feel like we need to talk about and give some credit to is Garrett Cooper. Garrett because Cooper. I what? Where is it? My Aguilar. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. So something that we need to talk about is I needed a new prescription. <laughs> no, um, I do appreciate Garrett Cooper quite a lot because he's one of those guys who I hadn't. I literally still don't know where the hell he came from. And all of a sudden, he comes out. He's hitting what? He's hitting like about twenty-five home runs. He, this, this him and Anderson were the one-two in that lineup. Four, five, yeah. three, four. Like they were the guys. Like you back to back. That's who you had. And the funny thing is, like both of them just kind of came out of nowhere. They yeah. Both, they both were just like nobody hears about anybody on the Marlins because I mean it's the Marlins, and then these two guys just start raking out of nowhere and you see the Marlins offense is kind of like, okay. And you're wondering, hmm, well, where, where did that come from? Who the hell is Garrett Cooper? How old is he? He looks 60. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah no offense to Garrett Cooper, but 
his he looks old even though he's not his i don't know it's weird <laughs> but yeah um I don't know. Garrett Cooper's interesting because, like, they re-signed Aguilar, and and so you definitely got to think Aguilar is going to be, especially without the DH in the National League, like, mm-hmm. is, Aguilar is going to be the guy at first base because I think he has the advantage over terms of power. Yeah, I think Garrett I mean, Cooper is going to become a platoon guy. Like, he's going to back up third. Uh, he's going to play left, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that he's got outfield experience, but just watching him play outfield versus first base – I feel like the Marlins jumped the gun with Aguilar and they maybe were thinking that they were going to get the D8. I mean, you never know if enough teams, like it maybe if enough nationally teams like go screaming about how they wanted the DH this year, or they did that with the intention of they're, they're going to hold on to both those guys till 2022 when everyone expects it to fully implement. So possibly, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe even trade bait, maybe they're going to, I mean, it's the Marlins who knows. Yeah. You never know. they, I didn't. I that Marte trade last year surprised the hell out of me. I was like, yeah. When I saw the, that Marte went to the Marlins, I at first thought the Mariners, and I was like, well, that's equally unlikely. <laughs> Which I'm excited to talk about the Mariners because they are a, a, a enigma wrapped in a question mark. Uh, oh yeah, and the Marlins aren't. The Marlins are. It, it's weird. The two M teams. They're just like you never like. They're just yeah. they're just the two teams confusing. that as a kid I used to get confused. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dumbass kid, and I'm just thinking Marlins, Mariners, Marlins, Mariners, Marliners, easy, Marliners. <laughs> but yeah, so that brings us to our the last team of the NL East that we, uh, we have to talk about. We want to end every show. I want to end every show with a, a fun baseball quote that I like, and let's go with the great Roger Hornsby. A quote from him: "Any ball player that don't sign autographs for a little kid ain't an American. He's a communist." I don't know why. This is just a fun <laughs> quote for me. <laughs> I just, I just appreciate that you went with the Cardinal for me. I, I like that. <laughs> Look at that. I'm playing nice. Remember that next week. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, no, no. Next week, next week, gloves off, NL Central talk. We're going to get, we're going to get real. I know. 